0: the idea of traveling along a road to a destination and reaching that destination after the perils. The analogy right to heaven is just so strong and so visceral. And it was just such a cool embodiment of the Christian walk, literally, and the Christian faith in a way that you can't just replicate like going on a walk and then having a late lunch in Iowa.
1: Welcome to Hallway Conversations, We're a trio of educators who have plenty of questions about teaching and learning and school culture, and we believe in the value of reflection and collaboration as we seek to keep growing as teachers. This podcast is our place for thinking out loud together about issues in education and why they might matter to Christian educators. Welcome to the conversation.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 98th episode of the Hallway Conversations podcast. My name is Matt Beamers. I'm
0: Abby DeGro. And I'm Dave Mulder.
2: Friends, we're always looking for topics of conversation and feedback, so please email us or send us a recording of your questions to hallwaycombospod at gmail.com. That's hallwaycombospod at gmail.com. We're looking for relevant and timely ideas, so please let us know
1: if you have a show topic ruminating around in your head. So uh, if you haven't listened to our last episode, you really should go back and listen to that one first, and that'll make this episode make a whole <laughs> lot more sense, just to be very candid about it. But uh, we have a couple of guests with us uh, today, and um, yeah, the, Abby DeGrode, who is also mm-hmm. a co-host on the podcast, is also a guest today, because yeah, she's part kind of the fun. story. Uh, and a couple of our other colleagues from around campus here, we have Dr. Ricky Browns, who teaches in Spanish, and Dr. Gail Dornboss, who teaches in theology. Thank you guys for being here with us today.
3: It's great to be here. It's yeah. a pleasure.
1: Thank you. And uh, we're talking about um, pilgrimage. We're talking about yeah. being out mm-hmm. on uh, the way. And in particular, you are talking about the Camino uh, de Santiago in Spain. And could you maybe just, for those who haven't heard our last episode, give a real short, like, what is the Camino?
3: Yeah, the Camino is one of the ancient pilgrimage paths that began in the Middle Ages in the 9th century. Is one of the three major pilgrimages in the medieval world with Rome and Jerusalem. Um, and it is multiple paths, all leading to uh, Santiago de Compostela, where there is a cathedral and the supposed, bo- <laughs> supposed uh, remains of St. James the Apostle. Okay. And so it's a, it's a way that people walk to get to Santiago.
1: Hmm. And I'd love to, to think today a little bit about the idea of pilgrimage. And uh, if, you, if you haven't listened to our last episode, listeners, you really should go back because you kind of get a better sense of what brought them, these ladies, onto this pilgrimage. Okay. But uh, what I'm really curious about today is, like, what, what would you say is the purpose of pilgrimage? Why would somebody want to go on pilgrimage? What's the intended outcome, I guess? Is there an intended outcome? That's a broad question. Mm-hmm.
4: I think that's deeply personal for each person going there. Well, traditionally, it was a religious tradition um, for a variety of reasons. Really, for pilgrims today... Um, just like the three of us, um, people have personal reasons on going, then some do it for the sports aspect of it. I know a lot of Germans are on the way showing how fast they can walk and how efficient they can get the thing done. Yeah. Um, <laughs> then there's others who want to find themselves after experiencing burnout in their both academic and other working lives. Yeah. Um, to go back to who am I and what is my purpose in life Um, as I look around the table here we're all in our middle ages and so (laughs) this idea of (laughs) (laughs) uh, reevaluating who we are as people right like our careers are well on their way Um, Whether they are at a point that we are happy with or not is actually quite beside the point. Um, We have families or have experienced difficulties in relationships or are all at different points. And so I think for, for us, the three of us, part of it was taking actually a time out and to say who am I? Who am I in Christ? Mm -hmm. Am I forgetting about the important pieces while I'm on this hamster wheel that I don't seem Mm -hmm. to get off of? Mm -hmm. Um, Week by week goes by, and I'm trying to be as productive as I can. But is that really all there is to life?
2: Mm -hmm. I I noticed last, in our last episode, Abby, you you talked about, hey, lunch was at two
4: o'clock. This Mm -hmm. was a beautiful thing.
2: (laughs) These were good days. and I know it was hard work. So, and, and maybe I'm asking this a bit facetiously. I, I am asking it facetiously, but like you can do, <laughs> no, you can do. You can walk and have late line. You can do those things here. Like mm. you, like hey, you can do mm-hmm. that in Iowa. And I guess that, I mean, maybe piggybacking on Dave's question because because I do feel like as I hear the word pilgrimage, like for me, honestly, there's I. It's like oh, like I'd long to do that. Like even the mm. word itself mm-hmm. <laughs> makes me want to go and. And so I'm just wondering maybe if you can just take that one step further like why was it important to go from here and and do something that tech you know technically you can you could do here like why go right.
0: I think part of it is just the beauty of the tradition and I mean the phrase of like such a great cloud of witnesses right so it's it's a route that you know has been walked for thousands literally is that right? That was yes. yeah. Okay, yes. I'm yeah. just making sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of years, and um, we we went to mass um, at Santiago when we got there, and several times actually along the way. Um, but to be in the place as everyone, there are hundreds of pilgrims coming into Santiago, mm-hmm. right, I, on the same day, and there is a there's a Camino mass um, in this beautiful cathedral. Um, so we went to the evening mass, and there was a priest singing as all the Catholics in the audience came mm-hmm. and took communion. And just the, the feeling of community among the body of Christ, right? And so that universal faith and the idea of traveling along a road to a destination yeah. and reaching that destination yeah. after the perils, the analogy, right, yeah. to heaven is just so strong and so visceral. And it was mm-hmm. just such a cool embodiment of yeah. the Christian walk, literally, yeah. Yeah. and the Christian faith in a way that you can't just replicate, oh. like, going on a walk and then having a late lunch in <laughs> Iowa. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: And I would say that one of the things that de- defines a pilgrimage is that it has has a destination, Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. that it's
3: a journey with a specified destination. And so the journey can look all sorts of different ways, and there can be surprises along the way, but it's different than just going on a trip because there's a defined destination. Mm -hmm. Um, And like Abby was talking about, one of the most common definitions or descriptions of the Christian life throughout the history of the church has been that we are on pilgrimage, Mm -hmm. that we are people on the way with a particular destination, with an end in mind. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the beautiful things about sort of place pilgrimage, which is what the Camino is, it's a pilgrimage Mm -hmm. to a particular place, is it is a sort of lived embodiment of Mm -hmm. the kind of thing that our whole life is. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the things that is true is that place pilgrimage has a power to it, has a power to help us think about Mm what our faith is in an embodied Mm -hmm. way. But even as I come back, you know, it's not that only pilgrimage to place is a kind Mm -hmm. of pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we live in the midst of pilgrimage. We are a people on the way, and there can be all sorts of different ways of living that out in our daily life. Mm -hmm. Um, That going on a particular kind of pilgrimage that's a very specified space of time can really transform the way we Mm -hmm. are when we come back Mm -hmm. as we think about you know, my whole life being oriented towards final and full
4: communion with God.
0: Right.
4: Yeah. One other thing I want to add to that is as we're experiencing this life, being out of our comfort zone is a mm. big additive to that. So while I can walk in Iowa right. and I can have a late lunch at my next pizza ranch, if that's what I want to do. Um, Sorry, pizza well. Being in it. A- uh, <laughs> well, being- <laughs> pizza ranch is not going to be sponsored.
2: <laughs> it's it's not- not- I am just saying
4: for me, right, like yeah. the things that we're familiar with, whether it's the food that we eat, the language yeah. that we speak, the people we're surrounded by that look mm-hmm. more or less like us. There is something about being being out of your comfort zone mm-hmm. in this way. Yeah. And so this cultural exploration of who's my neighbor? Yeah. Who who am I when I'm the minority? Who am I when I'm mm-hmm. the one that doesn't speak the language or that can't make himself or herself understood? Yeah is a big part of this perspective seeking and this how do I fit into that cloud mm-hmm. that Abby mm-hmm. was talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. And Gail and I had more of that experience than yeah. Ricky, who is a fluent speaker of the language. Yeah. Yes. So after that two, you were convinced,
4: I can order my cafe con leche. We don't need Ricky anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we were, it was short-lived. It was yeah. very short-lived. <laughs> Not <all> need <laughs> Ricky seems you like another well. one we're We <laughs> yeah. did well. We did. We
3: could we did order
0: food.
4: Well. Yeah, yes. we could order food, yeah. food
3: yeah. and find directions. Yeah. Yes um hey you
2: you've you've all talked a little bit about this last episode and now the sense of neighborness and like who is the other and coming Mm -hmm. across you know learning about other cultures and people and and I'm not asking this as a asking you to bury your soul but like what did you learn about yourself can Mm -hmm. I ask that like you know like you talk about hey here's what I learned about others but how about, is there something you could share in that in that area? And I'm not trying to be too personal, but just, yeah, some reflections on that.
4: I think for me, one of the biggest takeaways is that while I can be self-sufficient in a lot of ways and often pride myself on being able to figure it out and do it without somebody else's help, is that this this walk that we're doing through life is really not something we're meant to do alone. Mm-hmm. And so whether I needed the support of my colleagues to make it through a tough emotional part of the journey or a tough physical part, I am the one that ended up with a pretty blistered little toe. Mm-hmm. Um, both a- this, Abby, <laughs> both, as both Abby <laughs> yeah. and Ricky are rock stars.
3: The blisters they had on their feet were not little and not insignificant. So it's okay. the listeners should know that they are rock stars. No, but this
4: idea, like we know that we're supposed to do it in community, but in my life often it creeps in well if I, I you know if i don't do it then it's not going to be done right and i could just do it because then somebody else doesn't have to worry about it so both the mm-hmm. i do it better and also i don't want to burden anyone else with mm-hmm. my stuff mm-hmm. um, this walk really emphasized to me both in this in the group of 7 that we were in but also watching others that we are meant to do this together and that there's so much joy in doing mm-hmm. it together that i'm missing out If I don't allow others in to walk alongside me and to carry my burden with me.
0: Mm, That's really good. Yeah, Yeah, I think um, for me, a big part of the pilgrimage itself was just thinking about um, my own responsibilities and the way that I carry those and particularly... Um, with my family, that was a pretty big lift for me to leave for two weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. And so thinking through and like Ricky said, that aspect of, of letting other people in to talk about some of that, I think I learned a lot about myself. And also, I think part of it was just realizing that you sometimes need to step back from something in order to see it more clearly, whether that was um, parenting or like relationships at home, um, just the absence of that sometimes is the best thing. Like my kids are actually very self sufficient, mm-hmm. right? And turns but, out. And I, <laughs> and I, but when I'm there all of the time, they don't necessarily see that. And yeah. so just that shift of perspective, and for me as well, thinking through managing things or being in my job, just not having that opportunity. Like I did not take my laptop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so...
1: How was that for you? Right. <laughs> it, was,
0: it was very different, to be honest. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been away from it for two weeks yeah. since, wow. like, this job, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so so just that absence and that shift of pace, I just learned a lot about myself and about how I am at home and also seeing yourself through other people's eyes who you've never met before, mm-hmm. right? So we knew... The three of us knew each other, but there were four people. You knew Shirenda, Ricky knew yep. Shirenda, But I, I had never met the four other people. And so... Even that, we did a beautiful thing at the end where we sat around after our last night in Santiago and just did affirmations for each Looking other. Looking at the cathedral of Santiago. Yes. Yes. In, yeah. in, in a, in a park, beautiful. right? Yes. And yeah. so even even seeing yourself through other people's eyes, right, in mm-hmm. ways that you hadn't known before. So I think it was a lot of just discovery and through a change of scenery and a change of pace for me. Clarity.
3: Yeah, I think um, in along with some of what you guys have said, the sort of dynamic of individual processing Mm -hmm. and communal processing and seeing how much of that both are necessary Mm -hmm. to the walk of life Mm -hmm. um, and seeing the ways in which that actually lived itself Mm -hmm. out on the Camino um, was really, I think, meaningful for me to Mm -hmm. see the ways in which individual time and processing can bring me back more richly to the group as a whole and then the group as a whole then give me a richness Mm -hmm. to go back and spend some time processing and so I think that was one thing I really learned the other thing I spent a lot of time reflecting on on the trip was the concept of hope Mm -hmm. Um, and particularly because pilgrimage is a journey to a destination the idea that hope is the thing that drives us. And Mm -hmm. so this concept that I had, I had one day where I was walking and I was walking by myself, but by the end of the Camino, you are walking, even if you're walking alone, you're not by (laughs) yourself. Uh, So you're you're sort of surrounded by a sea of people who are all walking Mm -hmm. in the same direction. I think it's just overwhelmed by the sense of the reality that they were all driven by some ho- a hope for something. Mm-hmm. Is it a hope for healing from a physical ailment? Is it a hope for healing from a spiritual uh, depression of the soul? Is it the hope for processing something? Is it the hope to just get in shape? Like, mm-hmm. Is it the hope to mm-hmm. just reach the destination and tick mm-hmm. it off your box? I mean, mm-hmm. all of these things are hopes that, drove people mm-hmm. and i think a lot of times um this is probably getting a little too conceptual but i think a lot of times in the christian life we talk about the reality that we're people of faith hope and love mm-hmm. but it's really hard to see how hope mm-hmm. actually impacts the day to day life yeah. mm-hmm. right and so this sense of an embodied reality of a hope to get to this final destination um i think it just got me thinking a lot about what does it look like to reorient because my hopes Mm. my ultimate hopes that actually can can inform and drive my engagement today Mm. and support it in a way that's meaningful Um, and thinking about that in light of the final end of our lives as Christians and Mm. having that be my final hope Mm because I think a lot of times what can happen and I realized this on the trip because when you finally detach yourself from all your responsibilities you realize how much those sort of tyranny of the urgent immediate mm-hmm. things are yeah. driving you yeah. and you start to re you I start to you know it's very easy to shift my hopes towards you know making sure that my students give me good evaluations or like those like really practical things mm-hmm. that come a part of lives of mm-hmm. teachers or just getting things done but not actually seeing it in the right perspective mm-hmm. um, so I think that was one thing that really was a huge part of my Camino and thinking about the reality that hope has driven
4: pilgrims on that route mm mm-hmm since its beginning. The analogy to teaching though, wow. resurf yeah. for all three of us all the time. Sorry, yeah, as we are thinking talked
0: about it a lot. Yes, yeah. as
4: we're thinking about the bigger pictures in that mm-hmm. and the personal ones, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we always talk shop and come back. How does this apply to the classroom? <laughs> yeah. We are well, all on a really journey about that, throughout right? a semester, right? You yeah. are, you have a destination in mind and sometimes you take detours and often detours are the ones where a lot of learning happens, mm. either through trial and failure or through unexpected successes. And you Doing it as a group. It's individual and it's communal. Like all the pieces that we have started to talk about really, for us as teacher minds, come back to how. Does that shape my teaching practice? Actually, mm-hmm. I do have routines set up and they serve a purpose because they give us some footing mm-hmm. in this unknown pace or in this unknown, you yeah. know, we have future. A, we have a
0: pattern and we can set rhythms and we know where we're going for lunch and then we know where we're going for second
4: yeah, <laughs> second copy. Yeah. Yeah. And then we yeah. know where we're copy. ending the day, right? And, <laughs> and we need breaks. And they we need refresh breaks. everyone. And, yes. and
0: also it, that experiential piece, right? Mm-hmm. So that was a big um, realization for me too—is how much I learned. I went on this trip knowing nothing, honestly, about the history of Spain. Mm-hmm. And so, also that experiential piece of being in a place and surrounding mm-hmm. yourself. Um, with sights and sounds and beautiful landscapes, and we're whole people, right? So we can't always expect our students to just sit in a room and take in. We also have to let them experience learning and just the richness of that um, and feeling like we got from one place to another together and experiencing that journey as educators. I'm,
2: I'm thinking a little bit about uh, teachers who are listening third, they're in their third, fourth week of school. thinking about that image of you know carrying a pebble in your pocket and Mm -hmm. and for some of our teachers it's it's a rock and for some it's a boulder and they actually don't feel like they have a place to to lay it down Mm -hmm. you know because it it is hard to find hope sometimes and I guess I'm just thinking about the three of you out there and it, it sounds like I know it was an amazing trip but there's no doubt there was hard moments on this trip and again not wanting to ask you to bury your soul, but what did, what did you do there to help get you through a hard moment that, yeah, might be a word of, even of encouragement to some of the the teachers listening who have had a hard start to their year?
0: Okay. I'm going to use a blister analogy. (laughs) (laughs) Go for it. Interestingly, so I I don't know if it was my socks or what it was. I broke my shoes in, but apparently not well enough. Um, well, we don't
4: have a hills to practice on in Iowa, be fair. And I also <laughs> didn't walk
0: 16 miles at a time when no. breaking them in. So um, I I had blisters form pretty early in the walking experience and then just keep coming back. I would pop them and they would put sterile strips over them every night. and Good then. Well. The Mm -hmm. next morning, they would just reappear, right, Mm -hmm. by the time I started walking. And so every time we stopped for said coffee, (laughs) um, I would have to get back up, and it would be excruciating for, like, maybe half a mile. Mm -hmm. Like, excruciating. And then I would get in a groove and keep going. But every single time, I knew that I could get through that little excruciating part and get to a point where... I don't know, my brain just shut off the pain, or right. something. Mm-hmm. Or it, it was just I was in a groove and I could go. And so I think that's a great, I've thought of it actually a couple of times of when I don't want to start something that I just really don't want to do. Mm-hmm. Like if I mm-hmm. just get through that first half a mile. really unpleasant. Right, mm-hmm. really, and just do it. Mm-hmm. And then once I get on a roll, it just, it doesn't seem so bad anymore. And so mm-hmm. not that I want teachers to power through. I'm not trying to say that, no, no. that it's no. it's about powering through, but it's about you can do hard things that you maybe think you can't do. If you just take it a little bit at a time, it gets better.
1: I'm, I'm yeah. hearing you say, too, like the longer view of yes. what's happening here is mm-hmm. maybe better.
0: Right. right. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Um, yeah. For me, who also had the foot problems towards the end there, um, we had a choice to either carry our packs or to mm-hmm. send them ahead on the slick system where you put five euros in a little envelope, and there are mm-hmm. services that carry them to your next place where you're going to stay. And sometimes it's important to carry your own pack, but it is just as important to realize Uh when it is time to let others help you Mm -hmm. carry your stuff. Mm -hmm. So I go back to Uh the communal piece of just because I possibly can make it through Mm -hmm. on my own and carry my stuff, does that mean I should? Mm -hmm. And often the answer is you shouldn't. Uh You can. I have faith in you that you will muscle through, you will power Mm -hmm. through. But that's not always the best answer. And so this idea, when there's blisters in our lives, how do we treat them? Do we acknowledge them? Do we power through? Who do we have around us that can help make that pain better? And who can support us in a way? Finding that support system, I think, mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. teaching career is super and, important. And you
0: can't ignore it. Yeah. I mean, you no. have no. to treat it We we had, to, we had to get treatment for yes. both of you guys in yes. some way,
4: shape, or form. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
3: Um, My horrible experience was actually coming home. Um, (laughs) I had a pretty nightmare uh, plane journey on the way home. Um, And sort of realizing how quickly all of the lessons... (laughs) like you picked up your burdens again. And rest and delight of the Camino sort of faded away (laughs) as my my journey continued to reach almost levels of hilarious... Purgatory. Disaster. Yeah, yes. I right. felt like yeah. I was stuck. <laughs> you were
4: stuck. Literally, for yeah. yeah. a long time.
3: Yeah, I thought mm-hmm. I'm going to live in the Boston airport the rest of my life. <laughs> yes, I'm never leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, <laughs> I, I think one of the things is the is the reality that you know I think we do need to take time. To step away, Mm. especially in the moments where life seems to be completely falling apart or it's like, wow, this is this is terrible to remember back Mm. and to to use these times that we get um, and to to take them intentionally of rest and reorientation and and really dig those deeply into our souls mm-hmm. so that we can look back mm-hmm. in the midst of sort of these new trials. Um, and I think the other important thing that was true is we all had a group text going along and so I was able to text everyone on the trip updates of <laughs> what kept happening like yes. they lost my booking in London and now my flight is canceled in Boston and now I have to walk three miles which isn't a huge deal except for that it was on a highway in Boston this was insane it was insane <laughs> yeah I was, and then there was also some very kind strangers along the way, which yeah. was also a beautiful yeah. lesson in you know people coming along and picking you up and driving you on mm-hmm. the highway instead of you walking on it. Um, anyway, that's a story for another podcast. <laughs> 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 um, but I think also the reality of having. Witnesses to the struggle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and support in the midst of yep. it, so that you don't feel like you're alone. Like I had to endure the trip alone, but I wasn't alone in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and people sort of reflecting back to me as well, yeah, that is really bad. That's mm-hmm. not, that's not mm-hmm. fun. It's um, not in your head. Yeah, so that it's not just this spot where you know you're in this cycle of complaining, but you're in the cycle of support mm-hmm. yep. um, was was a really important lesson for me as I made my way back.
1: So if people are interested in learning more about mm-hmm. going on the Camino themselves, mm-hmm. what, what advice do you have? Where where could they go to learn more?
0: Well, I think, is Sherinda doing this again at um, some point? I believe so. So yeah. travel, Encounters Travel
4: for Transformation has a website with lots yep. of, um, a variety of travel experiences mm-hmm. that people can go to. Um, and,
0: and we'll link that yep. Yep. Yeah, in the, the show notes. notes. Yep.
3: Um, yep. I think another thing to watch is the movie the way which we mentioned in the first episode of this podcast Um, not as a a preparatory (laughs) uh video it doesn't really tell you how to prepare and those kinds of things Um, but it does give you a really beautiful picture Mm -hmm. of what the camino looks like and sort of what it can be like in terms of walking um I, i mean i hesitate to just people send people Broadly to the internet. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But there are are so many resources. There are so many resources about, you know, people who have walked various parts of the way, the different routes that people have walked. Mm. Um, So there are books that can guide you Mm. along and tell you what it's like to stay in... The albergues, which are sort of these hostels, and there's different kinds of hostels, and there's different places that people generally stop. Um, There's an app um, called the Wise Pilgrim, so Mm -hmm. if anybody is going on the Camino, it's a really great app that tells you, you know, this town coming
4: up will have
3: a bathroom and a cafe and... A place to
4: stay. but and it won't should have book a, ahead yeah. or should not book ahead, yeah, yes. But it
3: might not have a pharmacy. For that, you're going to need to go a little bit further. Yeah. So um, those would be some of the places that I would send people
4: um, if they're really interested in doing this. I also would encourage listeners to do it, even if you don't have a set group that you're going with. Um, a dort grad that we met on the way there, knowing what? that she was taking it. Um, yeah, a recent grad of our program, one of our education students. <laughs> yeah. We met Shannon and Leon, um, who had walked most of the way. So this idea of doing it solo or doing it with a group to just not be afraid, um, with the right preparation, really anyone in any physical shape, mm-hmm. in any age group, mm-hmm. um, can do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: All right, my last question is, you have to answer one of, one of these two questions, either... What surprised you about the trip, or what was your favorite part of the trip? Mm. They're all deep deepening. And if you can make it into one answer, good for you.
3: So I didn't know how beautiful it was going to be. I didn't necessarily have... I, like Abby, didn't know very much about Spain or the history of Spain. Um, And so even though I'd done some research on the Camino, I had no idea what it was going to look like um and i was astounded by its beauty um there were some mornings that were just unbelievable with mist going through eucalyptus forests and like the sun streaming in like it was unbelievable um so i mean that would probably be one of my biggest surprises also one of my favorite parts because i love to be outside and i love hiking but then also like just being with these people mm-hmm. was for sure mm-hmm. one of the best parts. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. 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 I think I was surprised by and loved the food more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. So, so it was. It was, and also just, it, it's like, a menu that is particular almost to... Northern Spain. Yeah, northern Spain and the Camino. And Mm so learning what those dishes were and encountering them again and again, like different versions of them Mm -hmm. at different places and comparing those and trying new things. And um, it's just very different. And I loved that part Mm -hmm. of it, actually. Mm -hmm. So that was one of my favorite parts.
4: Um, I think for the favorite parts is to for me was to discover yet another facet of the country that I've loved for a really long time. Mm -hmm. So seeing the diversity, even within a relatively small country like Spain, um, for the surprises part, yes, we were a group and we had, we were walking with thousands of pilgrims, relatively speaking at the same time. And God showed up in different ways daily for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so in very personal ways, giving us little glimpses of, I see you, I hear you, I am with Mm -hmm. you. Um, I guess I know that, and there are moments in our daily working lives or family lives or whatever where that shows up, but the specificity mm-hmm. of how he showed up for each one of us on any given day, and we could see examples of that, of he did this for me and I found this for you, mm-hmm. um, that was overwhelming to me. Mm-hmm. That sign of love of, yes, we are a community and we're a great cloud of witnesses, Loves each one of us individually in very specific ways.
2: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Friends, we know that your time is valuable, and we want to thank Ricky, Gail, and Abby for joining us today for another hallway conversation. And whether it is this day, this week, this month, or this school year, we hope that the Lord gives you what you stand in need of. And we want to send you here from here with this blessing. May the road rise up to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face. The rains fall soft upon your fields, and until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hands. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a
1: good week. This podcast was literally dreamed up during one of our actual Hallway Conversations. Our music is by Ethan Mulder. Hallway Conversations is created and produced by Matt Beemers, Abby DeGroat, and Dave Mulder. Hey, we have a favor to ask of you. Would you be willing to rate this podcast or write a review in your podcast app? Or if you found this conversation interesting or helpful, would you consider sharing it on your social media? Those things really do help podcasters out. And we would be so, so grateful. Thanks for listening, friends. It's all going to come together. Holy cow. Try one more time. Yep. Here we go. Take four.